Amen. Book of Exodus chapter number 2, verse number 11. Look at your neighbors. The neighbors, word time. Let's do it. Exodus chapter number 2, verses number 11. If you have your Bible or your electronic device, slip it above your head. Let's make our declaration of faith. Everybody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Scripture declares in the book of Exodus, chapter number 2, verses number 11. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah. Chad was over here messing with my computer before we got started. What you do, man? One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating in Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian. It hid him in the sand. Verses 13 declares, the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew. The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. 15 declares, when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and he went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Let's pray. Father, now in Jesus' name, God, I thank you so much for uh, this opportunity, God, to minister the word of God to the people of God. I'm asking you, Lord God, for your chiefest of anointings as well as your grace to rest upon me. I realize, God, that this is not about Greg, but it really is about you being glorified and your people being edified today, and that's all I want to do. I want to build your people. I want to build the house, God. I thank you and I bless you now, and it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Don't plan to be before you very long. I just got a couple of nuggets that I want to throw at you all that I believe would be a blessing to the house of God. And in preparing for this message, there were some foundational scriptures that I, I just kind of rehearsed because they're like my scriptures. They're, they're like, like some of you guys, like, uh, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. How many of y'all that's like your scripture? Yeah, yeah. So I, I got like three foundational scriptures that's like, the, the scriptures in the past that God has spoken to me um, that reflect not only my personal walk with the Lord, but also it reflects my ministry as to what God has done and is doing on the inside of me. One of those scriptures is Ecclesiastes 3.11, where the Bible declares he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity. Everybody shout eternity. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Amplified says he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. The reason I love this scripture is because it ministers to the reality that, that, that there is an eternal void in the human heart that only an eternal God can feel. Now, now, as a preacher, as a pastor, this gives me boldness, it gives me confidence, no matter what audience I'm in front of, what's the ethnicity, what's the background, I know I got the goods because I got a piece of the puzzle that can fit your heart. Come on, somebody. I don't care what's the age, the ethnicity. You can, I, I've been in situations where folks have walked out on me while I was preaching. I've been in situations where folks just tuned me out. Been in situations where they roll their eyes at me. I don't care nothing about you rolling your eyes. I know I got the good because you got a peace in your heart that only God can feel, and I'm only coming with him. So as a minister, this is great encouragement. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care if it's Sunday morning, a funeral, or whatever. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to touch somebody in this place. But not only, not only does, that, that, does that encourage me as a minister, it also encourages me individually because 
There are times when I actually think I need a vacation. <laughs> there are times when I actually think I need to get away. There are times I actually think I just need to relax and just Netflix and chill when all actuality, after doing all of that, none of that actually works because you're trying to fill a void that only God can fill. Some of y'all are trying to go on vacation when you just need to get in his presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like, man. If I could just finish this, if I can just finish, if I, if I can just turn this paper in. Man, I, I just feel so much better, and you turn the paper in, and you still feel like. Because you're trying to use things to fill the void. Come on, that's, that's, why, that's why oftentimes, oftentimes why addictive substances are so attractive to us, because we're trying to use stuff to anesthetize a pain that only God can soothe. Is anybody in this place? So this is one of my highlight scriptures that I have to often go to to remind myself that, Greg, even you need time in the presence of the Lord, not just for preaching, not just for teaching, but just to sit, Mary, at the Lord's feet. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's another foundational text for me. I love it. Jeremiah 1 and, 4, 1 and 5, where the Bible declares, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. This was actually, Brother Turner, this was the scripture. This was like my trial sermon scripture here. The first time I ever preached, this was the text that I preached from because it was a reflection of where I was and what God was trying to submit in my soul. He says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Like, I didn't just know you, what you were going to do. Like, before you ever got there, I, I knew you. That, that phrase set apart means to be consecrated to. Understand, before you ever got here, God says, you already belong to me. You might try to do you for a minute, but while you're doing you, I need to remind you that you came here for me. So I've set you apart, and not only have I set you apart, but I have appointed you for Jeremiah to be a prophet unto the nation. I love this because this scripture speaks to the heart of God that you ain't here by accident or coincidence. How many of y'all know what it's like to battle with like depression or low self-esteem or, or even sometimes suicidal thoughts because you feel as though that, man, I'm just here just to be here. The devil is absolutely a liar. God has a plan and a purpose. Somebody just shout that. God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of y'all, ooh, yeah, I'm in the right house. Some of y'all are waiting to live, and God says, I want you to live right now. When, when I get the job, I'm going to live. When I get married, I'm going to live. When I have children, I'm, the devil is alive if I don't have no kids. Come on, somebody. Hey, this girl right here, I proposed to her on November 1st, and she, after she finished crying, sassy stuff, had a nerve to say, well, if you wouldn't have proposed to me by December, I was going to T uh, Dallas, and you would have missed out on all of this. <laughs> I'm so grateful for the yes, but just in case she wouldn't have said yes, do that mean I stopped living? Y'all, come on, y'all, 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 y'all. Again, I thank God for the yes, but if she didn't say yes, do that mean I stopped living? No, the devil is absolutely a liar, and there are some of you all got your lives put on hold, waiting on somebody else. When God is saying, look at your neighbor and say, God says live now. He wants you to live right now. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, set you apart, consecrated you. Yes, and I have ordained you to do something great for me. There's a call on your God. There's a call on your life, like right now. There's something that the Lord wants you to do, like right now. Are y'all with me in this place? So this is one of my foundational texts. I absolutely love it because it speaks to God's heart for humanity, not just Jeremiah. If he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, what he says toward this prophet is applicable for us today. If he knew Jeremiah before he was put in his mother's womb, he knew you too. You're with me in this place. Here's another one, and, and then I'll move, I'll move, I'll move, I'll move. Acts 17, 26. Oh. The Bible declares from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he, look at this, he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Now, the scripture says that God, everybody shout, God did this. God did this. He, he marked out their appointed times in history 
as well as the boundaries of their, their land. This is so powerful. Yeah, yeah, what's your, what's your birthday, dear? April 3rd. Yo, you got you got what? April 3rd, 19... Okay. <laughs> you was born in the 1900s? <laughs> That's what my baby told me one time. Dad, you boy, you old. <laughs> watch this, watch this. You were born April 3rd, 1977. God specifically orchestrated that you be born on that date. Everybody shout, why? Now, that's a whole bunch of our questions. Whoo, because not only did he set your birth date, he set your birth parents. That crazy old man right there, that's my daddy. Lord, why? <laughs> now, real, 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 real talk, real talk. Now, some of y'all, if you had an opportunity to trade, you'll be like, yeah, give me a new daddy, give me a new mama. Matter of fact, let's not start with the parents. God, give me a new great-grandmama, great-granddaddy. Give me all of that. Are y'all with me in this place? Not only did he, did, he, did he mark your birthday, did he mark your parents, he marked the neighborhood, the state, the city that you would be born in. I'm tripping. Sometimes I think, man, and then I know the answer. Like I was like, God, why can't I just been born in Africa where my, where my people was from? Well, <laughs> Why I got to be born in the U.S.? I started thinking of the U.S. It's, it's so funny. It's like our nation is in a, we've been in a, um, not a crisis, a financial contradiction. Because we're considered the wealthiest nation in the world, but yet with $31 trillion in debt. We have enough food to feed the, statistically, I looked it up, we have enough food to feed the entire world two and a half times per year, every year. But we got hungry people that's starving in our nation. Why, why couldn't been born somewhere else? Why have to be born in the state of Mississippi? Mississippi, the poorest state in the... How many of y'all from other states? I don't care, y'all stay jacked up too. Like, oh, I ain't from Mississippi. Wherever you from, you got issues too. Yeah, I, some, sometimes, and, I, and I, I, don't, I, I sure don't get on into it on Facebook because I try to stay, keep a, I, I just don't deal with certain issues. But it's, it is a trip to me that our state, um, revolution, civil war started in 1861, and the rebel flag was the battle, it was the battle flag for the division of our nation. And this division was based on slavery. That's what it was. And our state was the only state that actually adopted the battle flag as its state flag. And the battle flag just got changed two and a half years ago. And the only reason it got changed is because they threatened not to fund us in our sporting events. <laughs> Look at your neighbors. That neighbor, that's the state you born in. Somebody from New York said, no, no, no. I'm tripping like, why did I have to be born like this, man? Let me show you this. The Bible declares, put, put 26 back on the screen. He marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries in their land. This is why he did it. Verse number 27, God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Ooh. I want to help somebody in this place because some of y'all are trying to complain about stuff that God actually used to make you better. Because God knew your temperament, he knew your attitude, he knew your disposition, and God says, I need to put you in this type of environment because only this type of environment will provoke that void on the inside of you and make you reach out to me. Had you been born to the parents you wanted to, had you been born in the state you wanted to, had you been born in the country you wanted to, had you been born in the situation that you wanted to, you wouldn't be in the place where you're seeking God right now. 
And some of y'all can't receive it because your bitterness is canceling out your betterness. What God has done has made you better, but you can't receive better because you're so bitter. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am better off. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. When I look at all the craziness, watch this, that God allowed me to go through, I'm better because of it. When I look at the situations, he, not the devil, he put me in. I'm better because of it. When I look at all the hell and everybody that came against me and tried to throw stones at me, who I wish would have befriended me, I'm better. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm better because of it. So, man, in our foundational text, we, we got a fella. We got a fella that... um. We just wouldn't have wanted his situation because this, this fellow right here, if science is, is true that both social um, science and uh, behavioral science, if it's true, then trauma can actually start in the womb. Like, like the, the baby can experience trauma because of the stress that mom is going through. So my man Moses is born, I'm talking about before he ever got here, he's traumatized because mama is experiencing the hardship of somebody who forgot how good that their people had been to them. They're slaves. And not only does he experience trauma from that, Moses' mother had to give him away, give him up for adoption. Huh. He's adopted into a family, but there's contradiction because, let me, let me make it plain, he too white to be accepted by the black folk, but he too black to be accepted by the white folk. He too Hebraic to be really an Egyptian, but he's too Egyptian to be embraced by the Hebrews. So this boy is going through some challenging times. Look at your neighbor, neighbor say, neighbor, don't feel sorry for him, though. Don't feel sorry for him. Why? Because God orchestrated this because this is what's going to be necessary for you to become who I want you to become. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm coming into my own. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, don't worry about that. We're good, sir. I'm good. I'm good. So here we are, man. I'm, I'm, I'm tripping about, about this text. I'm not just tripping about this text. I'm actually tripping about where I am right now because I'm in a strange place in my life right now. I'm in a very, very strange place where God is challenging me to do some things that are radically different from what I've done in the past. And so this, this is my, my go-to. This is what I do. And this is what I've taught many of you all to do. And, and, and I guess I got to teach it because I'm making some changes. And there's some changes that you might make as well. Now, I have a father in the gospel. I have a spiritual father. My first spiritual father was my own, my own dad. And he still is a, 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 a heavy voice, heavy voice in my life. My spiritual father, Apostle Beard, who actually trained me in the ministry, is still active in my life. He speaks into my life. So I, I have fathers, but, but I also have, watch this, I have advisors, people who I kind of glean little nuggets from here and there. I don't talk to them every day, every other day, every week. I may talk to them every three months, but they're just kind of advisors. Every time I get in a little tough spot, I'll glean some wisdom. But this, this is what has been critical and key for Greg McGee over the past 20 something years is that I've had strong mentors in the areas in my life that I'm either inexperienced or weak in. Scripture is true. Iron sharpens iron. So whenever I get into a situation where God is navigating me into something new, God will always assign a mentor in this particular area in my life where, watch this, the, the, the mentor in all actuality, they have set a pattern, and all I got to do is be humble enough to follow the pattern. Don't add to it, just follow, just follow the plan because the plan, it works. So here it is, man. I'm in a situation where God is doing something different in me than what he has done in the past. And so I'm frustrated, yeah, because I've been looking for a pattern. I've been looking 
for a pattern. I've been looking for somebody who's already done or at least currently doing some of the things that God has put in my spirit to do. It's crazy. I can't tell you, I can't tell you yet. Some of you guys already know exactly what it is that I'm going, where I'm going and what I'm doing, but there's even some newer things that God just put in my spirit, and I'm like, I got to find a pattern. I got I to gotta find somebody that's already doing this because I, w- I don't want to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't want to fail. And one of the ways in the past that have prevent failure for Greg McGee is if the plan worked, I believe that God doesn't have a respect to person. He has a respect to principle. And if you saw a principle and you worked the principle, give the principle to me and I'll apply the same principle and reap success as well. So I'm frustrated. Give a, give a call to one of my brothers, share my heart with him. And I said, man, I'm really frustrated because there's some things that I'm striving to do. And I want to do this right. Man, I'm 44 years old. I'm 44. I'm going to be 45 this year. I don't know how much longer I got. I love to say that I got years. My wife, she is funny. My wife said, I prayed that I live to be 100 years old. That's what my wife said. She told me that. I prayed to be 100 years old. And I sat there for a moment waiting for the next obvious sentence. The next obvious sentence is, I pray for you too, babe. <laughs> so my, <laughs> my wife's going to be 100. I don't know when I'm going to die. Y'all should, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, man, I want to, like, I want to do this right. So I go to my, one of my buddies, and I said, man, I'm really frustrated looking for a mentor. Um, for where I am right now. And so uh, he prayed, he prayed, he gave me a call back and he says, I I think I got a word. He says, I'm not sure, but I think I have a word. He says, in this season of your life, God is not calling you to be a Joshua. God might be calling you to be a Moses. God is actually calling you to do something that there's no current pattern for. When you're done, he's going to make you into a pattern. But right now, there's not a pattern for it. Now, when he said that, I felt something. I felt something. But you know how it is. You feel something, but then you start thinking. Here's my thoughts. Okay, so I've been a Joshua all of these years, but now God is saying, I want you to be a Moses. Moses, Moses, start a new pattern. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Then I start thinking. Here's the thought. Moses didn't make it in. I'm just, I'm just, just, I wonder, can anybody feel that? I almost, I almost pray, God, I'm, I'm good being Joshua. So, Lord, if this is what you calling me to do, and I know the stress of being like the first, been the first, been the first, let me glean the wisdom so that I do this thing right, so I can do this thing. One of the things that's affecting leaders, that's affecting leaders across the board, it's, it's, not, it's not spiritual health, it's not even so much as physical health, it is emotional and psychological health. You got a bunch of crazy leaders right now. <sighs> you got a bunch of mentally unhealthy leaders like right now. And Moses became one of those leaders, still strong, still powerful, that could call water out of rocks. But emotionally, my man was jacked up. So, God, you're going to have to help your boy to figure this thing out. So, so I started I start looking at, at Moses and, and just kind of dissecting his life and, and the stuff that he went through. And, and in, in the book of uh, Exodus, chapter number 2, verse number 11, watch this. One day after Moses had grown up. He had grown up. He went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking this way and that way, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Now, God is eventually going to make him ruler and judge. Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. There are some of you guys, you feel this call like Moses did. 
man, I, 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 I feel this thing that's in me, and I'm ready to act out on what I'm feeling on the inside of me. The problem is some of y'all are trying to act out on a God call without God. So it really is good, and it is God's plan, but you're trying to do it in your own strength. You're trying to do it in your own wisdom, and it ain't going to work. The same folk that should be receiving you going to reject you because this thing ain't orchestrated by the Lord. So after this situation happens in chapter number two, um, it gets sadder, but you can actually can't see it. You can't, you can't see it from the surface. You have to look a little bit deeper to see it. Because Moses, everybody shout, Moses retreats. Moses retreats. And I believe I'm ministering this message because some of y'all right now are in retreat mode. We just can't see it. And the reason we can't see it is because you're comfortable living somebody else's dream of what you should be. Moses retreats and becomes a married man, got two boys, Gershom, and that other name of the kid that he had. He got family. He got good father-in-law. He got land. He got sheep. He got a job. He got responsibilities. He's living the American dream, but not God's dream. And now some of you all got the American dream down pat. Fine house. Look at that car you got. Ooh. Before I came in, I just scrolled in the parking lot. Some of y'all got some fine cars. Amen. <laughs> so, so that, I, just, I just saw some false humility. You were like, yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to call you out. You good. Some of y'all got some, got some clean rides out there. Go to your crib. Nice place. Good money. Good job. You're doing everything that everybody said that you ought to do in order for you to be fulfilled. But you're still empty. Oh, wow. Because that's what Moses is. He's empty because he's done everything that you're supposed to do as a man but I'm still empty, and the reason he's empty is because it ain't that he just gave up on what he was feeling. He gave up on not only what he was feeling, but the God that initiated that thing on the inside of him. So what's the next thing that happens in Moses' life? He has a burning bush experience. Now, this is what kind of tripped me up on this because um, I, I just said it out loud. I said it out loud. I said it out loud. I said it out loud because it's the way I study. This is the way I think. I said you can, God can initiate or you can initiate a burning bush experience. I just said it out loud. And then I took that thing in the prayer and I found out that wasn't the case. Only God can initiate a burning bush experience. Why, 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 why? I'll tell you why. Because Moses' call equates to the Israelites' cry. God knew it was time for you to walk in your calling because now the people are ready for a deliverer. So only God knows when they're ready and when you're ready. So a burning bush experience can only be initiated by God. Somebody shout, that's bad news. But here's the good news. It's bushes on fire all around y'all. That's the good news. There are bushes on fire all around you all because God is saying, I need you now. I'm ready for you now. The question is, will you actually turn aside to give attention to what it is that God is trying to attract you to? Now, for some of you all, it's actually a supernatural experience. Some of you guys are experiencing some things right now about God that you've never experienced before, and it's absolutely amazing. Then there are some of you all, your bush is not an experience. Your bush is not a presence. Your bush is trouble. And you rebuking enemies when God said, it ain't the devil, it's me. Because I, I got to do something to get your, God help me. I got to do something to get your attention. The question is, is, is this heavy enough? Is this heavy enough to turn you aside? And don't you know God ain't going to leave you alone? God ain't going to leave you alone. He going to keep, he, he going to be... <laughs> He's going to be the crazy parent that keeps stay up at night thinking, what can I take, a, take away next? 
I'm serious. That's sure what I'd be like. I'd be like, what can I take away next? To wake my son up, to wake my daughters up, because I so love them. I, matter of fact, I'm more committed to the success of my kids than they are. I, I wonder, can a parent feel that? I told my oldest son, I said, I'm going to hurt you if you hurt my son. Some of y'all missed that. I ain't talking about Greg and Nate. I'm just talking about Greg Jr. I said, I'm going to physically hurt you if you hurt my boy. In essence, I ain't going to let you jack your life up, player. I ain't going to sit by idly and just allow you to do whatever you want to do to the kid that I love. I'm going to intervene, and I'm going to be present. And I'm telling you right now, God is intervening, and God is being present, and God is saying, I ain't going to let you hurt the son, the daughter that I love. So whatever I need to do to wake you up to create a burning bush experience so you will turn aside, I will look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God will go there. God will go there. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Exodus 3 and 1, the Bible declares, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Interesting. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange, he turns aside, he gives attention. He gives attention to what it is that God is doing. Now, out of the bush, God speaks to him, and he finally gives him, watch this, the assignment that matches his passion. What a divine connection when you hear a word with what you've been feeling. Some of y'all been feeling some things, but you ain't got the word yet. And, and I want to encourage you, don't, don't go until you get the word. Don't just go on the feeling, because feelings themselves can change. Yeah. How many of y'all, like me, said I love you to, the, to somebody who you ain't with no more? I thought I was in love. I was wrong. I thought she loved me. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, God wants to give. So, so, go back to this analogy again. I don't want there to be any ambiguity concerning what my will is in my children's life. There's, there's no ambiguity. A couple of Saturdays ago, um, I, I text a whole list. I text a whole list. Um, it was like, I think we had a funeral or something that morning. So I was in my office. It was about 8.30. And I, I put Nathaniel. And I put everything in the, that I wanted him to do. And I sent him a text. Charity. Everything, Teresa wanted to put Aisha. <laughs> and th- there's, no, there's no ambiguity as to what I expect. Now, it's funny. When I get home later that evening, because I was gone all day, pick at Charity and Teresa, neither one of them had did everything that I said. Now, I'm tripping because it's on the list. And it ain't like you ain't had, like, what you got to do. You ain't got to do no homework. (laughs) You ain't got to study. I know you ain't prayed or read your Bible, so why you haven't done? Now, this is what was interesting. Teresa was like, I ain't get the text. (laughs) 
which was actually true because she had a, a, her mother gave her a new phone and gave her a new number. So I was sending message to the old phone. So she was off the hook. Go on, Reese. But you know what? Without me telling her, she did half the list. Can y'all give it up for Reese? Give it up for Teresa Janae. Now, Charity. I'm getting mad right now. I'm finna move on to my next point. <laughs> y'all pray for y'all, Pastor. He getting in his flesh. <laughs> God says, I don't want there to be any ambiguity concerning what I desire for you to do for me. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants you to know. That's what's stopping some of you all from knowing because some of y'all are like, maybe he don't want me to know. Maybe he don't want to tell me that that's, that's a lie from the pits of hell. God is a God of communication, and he loves to speak. He loves to talk. He loves for you to know what his will is because he wants you to keep his will. Why? Because it's for your safety and protection. Are you all with me in this place? So verse number 10, God gives him the word. Look, look at this, and I'm almost done. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. Hmm. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Everybody shout, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Listen to me. I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. You are not what you did. You are not what you did. But this particular mindset, that's an excellent question. Because I'm the guy who killed a man, and not only did I kill a man, I'm the guy who acted out on what I felt in my spirit, and I fell on my face. So you asking me to do something that evidently I'm really not successful at doing. Who am I? Isn't this something? How God will bring you out of your past? But your past will still be in your present mindset? And you will see yourself through the lens of your past failures. But the devil is absolutely a liar. When will you start seeing yourself as the winner that God has decreed you to be? It was crazy. It was crazy. I did this. I, I got this from one of my mentors, and I did this years ago. It was at South Location. I told everybody to shut their eyes. They ain't going to do it now. But I told everybody, shut your eyes, shut your eyes, shut your eyes. And I told them that there is literally .1 second on the clock right now. .1. You're at the free throw line. The, 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 the score is 90 to 89. You got two shots. You can tie it or win it. So I told everybody, shut your eyes on the count of three. First shot. One, two, three, shot. All right, here we go. Here's the second shot. One, two, three, shot. Do you know that it was people in the audience that missed the shot in their own head? I need y'all to hear me. I'm talking about, I ain't, now I can see you missing, but if it's me, I ain't fit. Matter of fact, I'm going to dunk. <laughs> and you can't even dunk at the free throw line, but I'm in, it's my head. <laughs> I'm talking about people at the free, in their own heads, and they miss the shot. The devil is absolutely a liar. You a winner in heaven, you ought to be a winner in your own head. Are y'all with me in this place? So he posed the question, who am I? And, and based on his mentality, that's a good question because God, you, you, you know where I'm from? Moses is like, I'm from the Hagot point. <laughs> I'm from the north. Who am I? 
And God says, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Look, 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 Moses is thinking ahead. He's saying, I'm going to go to them, and I ain't just going in myself. Last time I went in myself, and I, I killed a man, and then I tried to help my brothers out. They rejected me, but I'm going in your name, so I, I believe that's the right thing to do. But what if I go, and they actually reject me? Look at what God says, and I'm done. God says to Moses, I am who I am. When I read that, when I read that, it, it messed me up. It messed me up, and I'll tell you why. Because this weird place that I'm in right now, that it's like, I, I don't like being here. I'd rather have a mentor that's calling me, that I'm calling, that's feeding me what to do, what to say, how to do this, how to do that. But I ain't got that right now. Got great fathers, got great people that's willing to give me advice, but I don't have the pattern. I don't have a, a pattern in front of me in front of me that I'm actually walking out. So God's saying, I want you to be a Moses in this particular dispensation of your life now, and I want you to trust me on a whole nother level. I'm with that, I'm with that, but what, what, what happens when I get there? This is what God says to Moses. Only worry about this moment. He gave him a present tense answer to a future problem. What about this? I am who I am. Well, what if they say, I am who I am. Don't worry about the future. All you need to worry about, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't worry about winning the future. Just win in this moment. I'm talking to somebody here. Just, just win. Don't, don't, don't worry about the test you're going to take. Be present in the moment and worry about the test you're taking right now. Is anybody with me in this place? God says, I am a present God. I'm with you right now. So when you get there, guess what? The same God that's with you now, when you get there, I will be you with you right then. God is with you right now. Oh, 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 I just want to stay right there because there's some of y'all, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. There's some of y'all that are tripping. Thank you, Jesus, because there's some decisions that you have to make around you. And these decisions, you know they're going to create some ripples in relationship. And you're like, I know this is for the Lord. I know I got to do this. I know I got to say this. But what if I say it and this? Don't worry about that. The question is, will you make a decision for Jesus right right now. And so when I got that, it freed me from the frustrations that I know I'm going to face in the future. Because if I can learn to trust God in this moment right now, when I wake up tomorrow and my feet hit the floor, I'm going to make another choice tomorrow, and that is to trust God, right? And the next day when I wake up and face whatever I got to face and my feet hit the floor again, I'm going to make a choice to trust God, right? Question is, I'm done. Will you trust God right now? Will you trust, will you, will you trust him right now? It's amazing how the enemy is trying to build up some defenses in you all's minds, some, some questions and parameters. If, if, if this happens, if that happens, if this is in position, then I'll trust God. No, you got to make a choice to trust God right now. So this is the choice that I made. Right now, I'm going to trust God. I don't know what the next moment holds. I don't know how difficult the next choice is going to be. I don't know who's going to support tomorrow. I don't know who's going to come against me tomorrow. I don't know who's going to show up next week. I don't know who's not going to be here next week. All I know is right now in this moment, I choose to trust God. And I believe that God brought y'all in this house today because he wanted to challenge you with the same thing. 
see, real soft, Tim. I, I, I was sharing with my daughter. She was like, so dad, you know, starting a new series, where you going with this? And I'm like, um, th this is what's going on in, in me. And I, ju I just started sharing with my, my oldest baby. This is what's going on with me, and this is where I am, this is what I'm faced with. And she said, okay, so what, what you preaching to the people, though? And these were my sentiments. Usually, what I'm troubled with, the folks that's connected to me, usually their challenge is all about the same. So I'm going to find out the answer for Greg so that I can come on a Sunday morning to give you all the answer for where you are. So there are several of you all right now are in the same situation where it's not that it's just new. It's you don't have a pattern for everything that you're trying to. If I was just doing this, easy to find a pattern. If I was just doing this, I could find a mentor. If I was just doing this. But God is saying, I want all of this at the same time. I don't know anybody that's juggling all of that at the same time like this. And several of you all are doing that in that position right now. And God is challenging you to trust him. So here's the first thing I want to challenge you to do. Moses, how about you actually repent for trying to take matters in your own hands to fulfill a passion? And you're messing up stuff because you're trying to do it yourself? Who does that word fit? You know, you're trying to take matters in your own hand, do your own thing. And God's saying that ain't necessary. You know, I rebuke that tormenting spirit right now and I'm getting ready to help you. The moment you repent, the devil loses legal right. And in some of you all's heads, the enemy has legal ground to torment you based on decisions that you made because you had repented of it. What are you talking about, pastor? You felt sorry about it, but you ain't repented. If I offend my wife, there are times when I have offended her. I said some things I shouldn't have said. There are times I was joking and I was being insensitive and I felt bad. I felt bad. But feeling bad ain't enough. Are you willing to repent? What is repentance? It's not just saying I'm sorry, but it's saying I'm willing to change to make this right. So there's some decisions that some of you all has made and God's saying just feeling bad ain't good enough. Are you gonna turn? Are you willing to, to, to change? Who are the people in here today that are saying, God, I'm willing to change? I'm going to ask the question again. Who are the people in here that are saying, God, I'm willing to change? If you're willing to change, God gives you the grace to make the change. If you're willing to change, See, this is what's crazy. All you got to have is the want to. And isn't this something that's the very thing that the devil has try been trying to steal from you? To divide your heart? Matter of fact, it's been some of you all, I'm, I know what I'm here. It's been some of you all that's been verbalizing, I'm not sure if I want to change. I'm not sure if I want better. And it's a lie from the pits of hell. Because the devil is trying to make you have a divided heart canceled. This atmosphere is grace changed today. Heads bowed and eyes closed all over this building. Father, now in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, Lord, for every man, woman, boy, girl in this place today. God, that feels this pull, this tug in the heart that's saying, it's, it's time for me. It's time for me to switch teams from team me to team God. Not, not even team devil. It's, it's actually just team me. It's what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it, how I wanted to do it. And I'm, I've been wrecking my life. I've been wrecking relationships. I've been missing opportunities. And God, I'm done with that. I know you got something special for me to do, and it's not too late for me. Everybody shout, shout that. Lord, it's not too late for me. God, that, that's, that, we believe that, Father, that it is not too late for us. And so, Father, we, we make 
we make the decision, God, to embrace change. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Lord, please forgive me for my actions, my words, and my thoughts that were contrary to your will and your plan for my life. Say, God, forgive me for all of my sins. Say, today, I make a choice to allow you, Jesus, to rule my life. Say, Jesus, run my life. Say, Jesus, run my life. Say, Jesus, run my life. Say, Lord, I believe that you died. You shed your blood. And you got up on that third day just for me. So, Lord, over me. God, there's somebody, Lord, there's somebody, there's somebody, there's somebody that just prayed that prayer for the first time. There's somebody, God, that made a decision to come back to you. They, they, They needed to say that today. This what this this service was their burning bush experience. They turned aside. They turned aside. They turned aside. And I thank you for it now. I thank you for it now. I thank you for it now. Everybody look up at me. Um, here's the word that I heard um, on yesterday as I was just in prayer. I heard the word shame. Shame. That's the word I heard. Shame. I want to pray for folks that are dealing with shame. This is what shame will do. Shame will drive you into isolation. Shame will make you retreat into your past. Shame will keep you out of the presence of God and the presence of the people of God. But today, we break in the spirit of shame in Jesus' name. Moses, murderer. Paul, church persecutor. David, adulterer. Gideon, coward. Moses, stutterer. Peter, betrayer. And the list goes on and on and on and on of all the men and women in the scripture that despite their past, God used them in an amazing way. And I'm telling you today, I don't care what your past is. I don't even care what your present is. God says, I still want to use you, my son and my daughter. Those with you all wrestling with shame now, stand to your feet. I want to see who you are. Stand, stand now he's absolutely a liar thank you God thank you God I want each of my intercessors each of my intercessors I want you to stand next to them stand next to them 